0: Okay, it's Burlington on the spot, and I think it is April 14th, I believe. Am I right?
1: Yep, yep, April
0: 14th. And today in studio, we are joined by Brandy Becquera. Did I say that right?
1: You did, you did.
0: And we're going to be talking about water and probably a bunch of, you know, some other stuff as well. But why don't we start out, give us a little introduction about your background, how you got into water, your program. I don't know a lot about this, so it's going to be fun.
1: Okay, um... Background. Um, I don't have a lot of background in water. I'm new to water. Um, about six years in and I started by um, coming from being a staying at home mom and o- only for a brief period. I, I found that that wasn't my thing. But um, I applied for a job at the local Plains Groundwater Management District. Right. Um, so I started working there in late 2015 and really dove in and found out a lot about water really quickly. Um, and I guess part of my background is I'm super stubborn and I like to help and kind of found that there's an issue with water, especially locally within our basin and all over. And there's a lot of rules, a lot of regulations, a lot of compact agreements and a lot of things happening all at once. And, um, yeah, so I mean, I can really get into the nitty-gritty of how we got into Master Irrigator or, you know. No, yeah,
0: we will. So, I mean, first of all, you say, well, I, I don't know tons about water, but seven years. It's been seven years since then. Um, so that's quite – that's a that's like a water veteran in my, in my <laughs> book. I mean, that's not – obviously, I know Tim Potler, some of the farmers, people on the board. They've been there for decades. So mm-hmm. I get that. But I would say seven years is – that's a pretty long track record.
1: It It's not bad. And I actually um, – I I switched from working with the Groundwater Management District, and I actually work for the state now. Um, I'm a a deputy groundwater commissioner for the state of Colorado for the Division of Water Resources. So um, I've kind of switched my role a little bit, but still very much stay within the wanting to help the producers and figuring out how we can fix this, you know.
0: The situation we're in.
1: Fix isn't the right word, but yes, help
0: mitigate. I guess deal with would be yeah, right. So when did you start working for the state?
1: In uh, mid two thousand nineteen, about June two thousand nineteen. So kind
0: of right before COVID and everything.
1: Yes, exactly. Gotcha.
0: And then what was your fascination with water? Right in twenty fifteen, because that's when you kind of you applied. You tried to get there. That's is it something you just like destiny or because I'm not sure everyone would be like all right I'm going to get interested and go down this path.
1: Yeah, honestly, um, a friend of mine had been the groundwater manager before. um, And the hours, I'm a working mom. You know, I'm a mother of three. I'm constantly moving and, you know, doing school stuff and sports stuff. And so um, the flexibility with that groundwater management job was what appealed me. Um, And then once I got there and learned, you know, kind of saw more of the situation and learned the job. There's a huge learning curve. Don't get me wrong. It took me a while to get under, get my feet underneath me. But, um,
0: what was your official job in, in 2015 then?
1: It was groundwater, groundwater management district manager.
0: And what did that entail?
1: Basically just helping producers out here, um, you know, navigate the rules and the regulations from the state. Um, there's a lot of, kind of third-party administration that happens with the groundwater management district um you, so water permits are permitted or you know given through the state they're issued mm-hmm. through the state and they they basically tell you how much water you can use when you can, not really when you can use it but how much water you can use um if you make changes to your permit say like originally in the 1960s when it was developed or when it was built Um, It was said you were going to use this for 120 acres of corn or something like that, or Uh just irrigation in general. And then you decided to change that and turn it to like a livestock um, operation. So third party administration comes in where you would have to go and monitor their use. You have to take monthly readings and things like that. So the groundwater management district helps navigate those permit changes, help you kind of interpret some of the state, you know, stuff and, um, just kind of be that in between. They also set up their own rules and regulations for their district. So oh. there's state rules and regulations, and then the the groundwater management district can also have more. They have to comply with the state regulations, but then they can have additional rules and regulations. Gotcha.
0: So is it when you jumped into the job, did you know that that's what you were going to be doing, or is like you know, it was it what you thought it was going to be, or
1: it was what I expected it to be. Absolutely. Um, like I said, cause I had a friend who had done it before. Right. Um, but the more I dove into it, there were, there's a lot of politics and, and, you know, like I said, regulations and yeah. just things that have been going the same way for a long time, despite everybody wanting to help and wanting to change, you know,
0: well, and being government and the bureaucracy of state level, local level, mm-hmm. all these different things, competing interests, everybody has, uh, you know, genuine concern so that would be tough Mm -hmm. and the reason I ask is because obviously then it 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 funnels right what's sometimes people get into a job or and they start doing it and then it's just a job and I can tell with you it became a passion it seems it it did because then you funneled into these other aspects of it which we'll talk about but um so I and I guess that's a good segue when did it start splintering off and how did it happen to go into these programs and just yeah
1: well um it never really splintered off it just kind of kept growing so gotcha. um conservation was a topic of discussion at pretty much every groundwater management board meeting cuz so i guess i could explain that little bit of structure is you know as a groundwater district manager um you work for a board a groundwater management board who are made up of you know fr- producers and irrigators from the area okay. that basically approve and you know help navigate everything for you. You manage it, but they tell you what you can and cannot do. And um, I jumped in, in the middle of some of the controversy with, um, we have multi-state compact agreements between Nebraska and Kansas. Mm -hmm. That's been a big, huge topic, right? For a long time. Um, And I, when I came in, it was right at this new announcement that we were going to have to retire a certain number of acres and, Mm -hmm. you know, do a lot of stuff or everyone was going to get shut off. Like it was this very big concern that there would be no more irrigation in our, in our entire basin. So, you know, clear from Julesburg down to Shine Wells, like everybody would be got done. Um, and so the topic of discussion was at the local groundwater management districts, you know, what kind of conservation can we come up with to help show a little bit more effort, you know, maybe instead of, uh, you know, retiring 25,000 acres can we figure out a way that we can just supplement that with water conservation you know we were still kind of looking for ideas and looking for things and we talked and talked and talked and talked and talked about it because the problem with coming up with a conservation plan is trying to do something that isn't detrimental to the producers but is beneficial to water you know you do still have to conserve so how do you conserve without breaking somebody right Yeah, And so I attended a summit in Garden City, Kansas in 2018 and it was put on by, um, I'm not going to be able to tell you their exact (laughs) name, but it's like Ogallala CAP and I don't remember what the um, acronym stands for, Mm. but um, Mm -hmm. wonderful group of people Mm -hmm. that have been working kind of on that same thing. How do we, as eight states working with this Ogallala Aquifer, come together and figure out how we can...
0: So there's eight states that are involved. in There
1: it? are eight states in the Ogla- that take from the Ogallala Aquifer. Some are you know just like a small corner sure. of it, but yes, eight states. Um, the main you know the ones that focus the most on it are Kansas, Nebraska, Texas, Oklahoma, and Colorado. I mean, that the not that the others don't focus on it, but
0: right, know. those are the predominant players in it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha.
1: Yes. So, um, so I attended this Ogallala Summit. On behalf of the Plains Groundwater Management District to somewhat network, you know, get a little bit outside of my box, you you know, kind of meet more people and see if we could come up with some ideas. And one of the presenters on a panel was, his name was Steve Walthauer, and he was from the North Plains Groundwater um, Conservation District in the Panhandle of Texas. Okay. And they talked about their master irrigator program.
0: Oh, OK. And
1: they talked about how it was made up of local farmers, local producers that came up with essentially a curriculum of a four day class that taught you how to conserve and still remain profitable.
0: Interesting. OK.
1: And so um, he made this amazing you know, presentation and I was like, wow. And it just so happened that a gentleman on his board was sitting at my table. And so I started asking questions and in, you know, like, this is amazing. I want to hear more about this and really started being my pushy self. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know,
0: well, you're just wanting to learn more. And this was in the program was in Texas only at that time at that time.
1: Yep. Only in this north in this one, um, district there in Texas and they had been doing it for a couple of years, um, it, it's essentially that we copied their program basic, with their permission. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but they had been doing it successfully for a couple years since 2016. And so it was like, I want to learn what you're doing. And that's literally why they presented is let us teach you what we're doing. Let us share and see if it helps you. And so um, there were a couple representatives from the RWCD there too. Deb Daniel and Rod Lins were there. And we had kind of some discussions following that summit. Like, this is great. I think this is a perfect fit for our basin. And um, I went back and talked to my board about it at Plains Groundwater Management District. And, um, you know, they kind of thought I was a little crazy, <laughs> you know, like, oh, this is a good idea. You know, this sounds good, but how are we going to pull that off, you know, kind of type thing. They didn't ignore me. They listened to me because they're an amazing board. They're an amazing group of gentlemen. But, um, you know, kind of put it off. And me being the stubborn person that I am, I I took it and I, I made <laughs> – PowerPoint presentation and binders and goals and said look this is what we can do. Yeah here's (laughs) how we
0: do it. I have the map right here.
1: Right right and so Tim Potler liked what I was saying and we went and met with another group at the time that was kind of a subgroup of RWCD. They were called the Water Preservation Partnership. So again made up of all the local groundwater management districts within our basin. Okay. I I know there's a lot of pieces. There (laughs) are so
0: many acronyms so many boards. I mean it's such a such a difficult subject. So,
1: really ri- yeah. It really is. And and so we we showed them the same thing. Like, hey, help us get this started. And when I say help us, I mean give us money because right. um, your local groundwater districts they don't have money. They they don't get funding anywhere other than like in particular. Um, I guess I hope it's okay that I share this. I don't think they would mind. But um, plains plains groundwater management district they get fifteen or point one. 0.015 or 15 cents mm-hmm. per acre foot on your final permit Okay. of, of the state. So let's say if you have um, a final water permit that allows you to pump 250 acre feet in your tax assessments up at the courthouse, um, there is 15 cents per acre foot. I think it's 15 cents. It might be 0.015, but regardless 15 cents per acre foot mm-hmm. that you pay to the groundwater management district to keep that office open, to help you navigate those permits and work through all of that.
0: Right, but those are like administrative fees that keep the lights on and operational.
1: Yeah, it equates know. to less than 50000 a year.
0: Right, so that's why for this program, you knew that you were going to need more funding mm-hmm. to do something like this. And then it's already worked. That's It's not like you had this concept and when it was just kind of an idea that a few people did. I mean, it had been proven for two years, mm-hmm. right, in Texas. Right. And does Texas have the same, I guess, uh, level of issues that we're facing? Or?
1: As far as drought and, you know uh static water level measurements, you know, this the amount of water that they have available through the aquifer, yes. They they probably um have a little less water than we do. Oh their regulations are also very different. Each state has their own way of tracking water and how they issue water permits and things like that. So um
0: Are but they're not are they and I know these are deep questions, but like are they in a pact like we are with you know with other states where they're facing retiring wells and stuff and that's what you know, was the the factor for starting Master Irrigator, or is it a little bit different?
1: I don't believe so. Okay. I don't know that they have multi-state um, compacts. As a matter of fact, I think their their main thing was we are literally running out of water. Let's figure this out. Gotcha. They partnered with NRCS. Don't ask me what that no, no, stands for. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but they partnered with NRCS to do like equip benefits. Equip is a is a program that the NRCS offers to help. Um, producers, you know, cost share in different equipment and, you know, different oh, things to cool. help on there. And that was what Texas did is they partnered with NRCS. They made up this curriculum and this program and they figured out how to um, essentially teach their farmers how to conserve to stay in business and also get some added bonuses within NRCS.
0: Gotcha. So the overwhelming, you know, the overarching theme is conservation and that's what's driving that program. And These other issues are going to differ in different Mm -hmm. states, but it all comes down to that. Right. We're running out of water.
1: Which is why we are so, out here, we're just so adamant to come up with something because we're not just, I mean, it's not just this compact that we're facing, right? It's also the lack of water, and it's also, you know, state regulations and such. So you've got three things coming at our producers at the same time, Mm -hmm. even though they are all, Really, the same. They're all very different, you know. So, like, conservation doesn't answer everything, but it helps all of it, I guess. You know, um, you know, the the state-regulated water permits and stuff. You're only allowed to use so much water. So, if you conserve in certain ways or figure out how to be more efficient, then it's easier to stay within those regulations, right? The fact that we're running out of water conservation never hurts and it's right down to efficiency as well, because by all means, we don't want our farmers to stop farming. We need that, you know, and then the compact regulations also, you know, I don't know what benefits there are to that, but obviously there's some benefits to a compact. Otherwise they wouldn't have had it. Right. So, um,
0: yeah. And I went through that whole, that whole (laughs) discussion with Tim, like what, what started that? Why did it happen? So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, but conservation and, and efficiency, cuts back on your water use, therefore helping with the compact agreements would be, that's how I very easily put it, you know, like there's so much more complications within it, but I, I call that my kumbaya world <laughs> like okay. my little you know my little cloud of why can't it be simple why, why can't, can't we
0: just get to the end result absolutely right? and i know i derailed this a little bit there but mm-hmm. going back to okay so you went in front of the board and tim took an interest in, and then they kind of said okay mm-hmm. we, we see value in this program we'll back you and they back to you mm-hmm. and then that's when so tell us out what happened after that
1: yeah so um we went back to texas and uh Deb Daniel, Rod Lenz, and Stephen Meekins, also with the RWCD, they went down as well because, as you know, outside of me being stubborn, the RWCD was also interested in it. It really just sounded like a good program. And so we went down there. Um, Texas showed us step-by-step how to put together a program, how they put together their program. Wow. Literally gave us a binder with information of what they did. Brought that home and... Um, created our program. I mean, that that's what we did. We um, started by offering or advertising a lunch, you know, come and let us talk to you about this program and see if you're interested in joining what we call our project advisory committee. So it's for okay. sure we call it our PAC. Okay. We invited local producers, local businesses, groundwater management district managers, you know, pe- anybody and everybody, We banks. Um, we really? just We just put up flyers <laughs> and said, come listen to what we want to do, you know, come oh. and, come and join us, come join efforts. And from that we gained 30, um, I think 32 members.
0: Wow. That's, that's, from did you the expect basin. to get that many out of that or?
1: No, no, we didn't. I mean, that
0: seems like, I know 32, but to me just, I feel like there's an undercurrent of, well, this subject, there's a whole lot of people I think that know and are aware. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot of people that have no idea mm-hmm. that it's going on, you mm-hmm. know, and how it's going to impact down the road. Right. So that's a pretty good turnout thirty two yeah
1: sign ups yeah, absolutely um it's it's dwindled down significantly since, but yeah, we had over thirty pack advisors or you know pack members, and we met monthly in Ray, and we step by step built our program. we figured out what we wanted to talk about, where we wanted to have it, who we wanted to have come um teach for lack of a better term because we're present you know the main elements of Master Irrigator is it's not a university professor coming out and teaching you theoretical ways of how you can make this work. It's people who have done these practices that have, you know, tried this and proven, you know, to be able to have it be successful. There are academics involved. There's, you know, extension agents and um, other people from different universities. You know, one of our um, favored presenter is from Oklahoma State University. He comes okay. out and talks to us about the things that they go through, and it's kind of like a sharing of ideas. So, um, yeah, that's that's how the PAC, that's how we developed the program. Over a year, it took us just about a year. Um, okay,
0: so that launched in 2020?
1: Yeah, our first program was 2020, and it was held in Ray.
0: And then, and then so kind of everyone goes to the program and they're learning, okay, here's what we do. So can you talk about that a little bit? Like what, it, I mean, if, right. if that's shareable and. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. that That's probably more interesting than the actual how we did it. Well, um. no, it's
0: cool to find out how you got to that, Yeah, you know? And I mean, and I guess my other question is, is if you wouldn't have done this, uh, you're seeing good results, I would assume, right? Mm-hmm. And we can get into that. But if you wouldn't have done this, then what would, I mean, I guess it, we just would be going trying to do the best we can without a program like this.
1: Right, and, and to not be um, tooting my own horn, or you know, be a little offensive or anything like that, we would still be talking about conservation plans, and, and they are others. Districts are still talking about conservation plans. Mm-hmm. Master irrigator doesn't solve that, you know, um, but this was putting some of that into action instead of just talking about it. Let's do it
0: and having real test case use studies where you're like, here's what they did, mm-hmm. and here's the difference it made. Mm-hmm. Gotcha.
1: Absolutely. So Master Irrigator in and of itself, it's a um four day, thirty-two hour course. So oh. and it's four days held once a week or you know, four one day sessions. Gotcha, That's gotcha. Concurrent, like
0: in one week you go down. Go through the 32 hours at one time. Is nope. that right? Nope. nope.
1: It, it's usually what we did like in 2020 is it was every Wednesday, I think, or Monday. To make so it
0: easier that. so that somebody's not taking a whole week off then? Right. Okay.
1: Because it's, you know, we're asking a lot of time. Um, 32 hours, that's that's a lot asking, is. Yep. you know, for somebody to come and sit and learn, right? Um, we, off, we limit it to 25 participants each year. Okay. So, and the reason behind that is, you know, in Texas, you... If you get too big of a crowd, you can't you know, really interact. You can't mm-hmm. really learn. And the most important part of Colorado Master Irrigator is you're making contacts with other people, sometimes your neighbors, sometimes people from clear across the basin that may be able to share with you what they're doing that works or maybe something that they've failed at and they want to retry. I mean, you're making these connections because we're literally all working separately on mm-hmm. the same thing yeah. as opposed to coming together and figuring it out together. And that's kind of what master irrigator embodies is, you know, instead of all working on the same thing individually, let's all come together and figure out how we can help this. And so
0: that's awesome. Small groups like that, because if not, it is, it's like an auditorium full of people Mm -hmm. you're going, you're listening and then you leave and it's gone. Right. So you have that, that small little group that mm -hmm. can go out like a lean, a lean startup type mentality. We can go out and then we can act on these and share best practices and what we learn. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's kind of been going, huh
1: absolutely so twenty twenty we had twenty two participants and they represented nearly twenty three thousand irrigated acres Wow um this year in twenty twenty two we did we switched it up just a little bit um we let we let in um some more industry representatives as opposed to just um irrigators, but we still had um We started off with 23 participants and ended up with 22 graduates. But, um, again, representing over 22,000 irrigated acres. So right there in two years, you know, 44,000 acres, irrigated acres are impacted. If we have shown them ways that can maybe, you know, save them 10% of their water usage, that's a significant amount of water change. It is. Just a little bit at a time. And that's, you know, Master Irrigator just kind of changing the mindset where, Conservation isn't just cutting back five acre feet per year. It's figuring out how you can be both efficient and conserving at the same time.
0: Okay, and now now it's getting me, and I have a lot of questions. Yeah. But So was it hard to get people to sign up for this?
1: Um, you know what? Actually, the first year it was easier, and and that being because it was new, it was a fresh idea. It was it was exciting. All of our pack members were really, you know, excited about it. Um, the next year was COVID. 2021 yeah, was COVID. Where
0: that impacted everything.
1: Yeah. So a lot of momentum was lost, you know, and, and, um, I didn't do a good enough job of really getting the program out there, of really advertising. And it's I, hard. It there's only so, so many
0: ways you can advertise and so much to get it out beyond word of mouth, mm-hmm. right? In the Eastern Plains. I mean, Ab- it's tough.
1: Absolutely. And, and it's also, there's a bit of, um, I don't know if I'd call it mistrust or, you know, skepticism when it comes to this. Because, so Colorado Master Irrigator, we figured out a way. Let me backtrack. So in Texas, like I said, one of the benefits or the incentives of going through this program is you get uh, some sort of um, advantage with their equip programs with NRCS. Okay. Like you get priority when it comes to the point allocations and stuff, how they how they choose the contracts or the applications. Okay. Um, We wanted to make it into more incentives. We wanted to work with our local companies and see, hey, if you're a master irrigator graduate, you get 5% off of this sprinkler package or, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that. Like just generic, not generic, but a bunch of different incentives that get people in the door because... You know that that's a most important part is getting people there. Well, that's
0: funny that you brought that up. That was not, you answered my next question before I asked it. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, okay, it's hard. Is it hard to get people? And then what would be my incentive to go do this? Beyond, I'm getting this message out. We know we have to retire. Right. Bad things could happen, mm-hmm. so we're all in this together. So beyond just doing it because I know I have to, that's that's a hard argument. So there are incentives in this if you go into the master irrigator mm-hmm. program.
1: Yes, and well, they change every year too. Okay. Um, we, we ask for partners or we ask for sponsors, you know, that's kind of something that's on my to-do list over the summer is to get our 2023 class sponsors and partners that we can start working with to, um, negotiate those benefits and those incentives to our producers. Um, obviously the benefit to our partners and their sponsors is same thing. You know, you are getting business right through Colorado Master Irrigator to a certain degree. Um, we have also gone through multiple grant processes to offer $2,000 to our graduates. Mm. Um, it's through a Colorado Water Conservation Board grant that we got back in 2019. Okay. And we called it a, participa- a participation stipend. Basically, you come and sit and learn for 32 hours, um, we will pay you $1,250 upon graduation. And then for the next three years, I'm going to annoy you for um, just a little follow up, you know, like some surveys, like, hey, did you do anything that we talked about, and did this help your, you know, production in any way, shape, or form? Like, what did you implement? What else can we do to help? Kind of type things.
0: So that is awesome.
1: Yeah, there are so you're keeping in
0: touch with them, and those are incentives. So because that would be one of your challenges or like a barrier to participation. Would say, hey you know, it's 32 hours. Mm -hmm. What is my time worth? And at least you're, it's a good faith, right? Mm -hmm. Like here's a stipend, you're coming to do it, and then you have a way to contact for the next three years to see did any of this actually help you.
1: Right, and we collect that data in order for us to be able to continue to go back and get grants so that we can keep this program going. Gotcha. Um, So I can't always guarantee that $2,000 stipend, but I'm hoping to because everybody that we've applied for for grants says our program is absolutely amazing and we've got the data to show it, you know. And then
0: where's that data? Is it published somewhere, or it is, is it public, or?
1: uh, No, not yet. It's, but it's going to be, maybe. Yeah, Okay. maybe. it's So we haven't collected all three years of our first cohort yet, you know, our first 2020 class coming up this um, end of irrigation season here in 2022. Uh-huh. That'll be the third year of data from okay. them. So then once we get those reports and those data's, That that data,
0: yeah, that data. (laughs) We'll be
1: able to send it out and do more. It is hosted in my computer. It relies on me. Gotcha. To to keep it and keep it organized and promoted and stuff. And um, yeah. Well, that'll
0: be exciting. Maybe we can have you back when we get the data and talk about the results. And so, out of okay. So my other question then would be: With the state, do they have more funds to go to the you know to the sponsors and the? I mean, are they incentivizing it at all as well?
1: Well, Colorado Water Conservation Board is part of the state. Okay. So, yes, you know that I would say through the grants, yes, but also um, we have. I, I actually, I guess I don't know if I can say this or not, but we ca- we have the support, or we have the like attaboy's from the um, Water Commission and the State Engineers Office. I mean they've they've been watching our program. Um, we purposely don't have state involvement because, it, like I said, there's a little bit of that mistrust. I was going to say, and once yeah. you let in, you know, this is this isn't a state regulated program, despite the fact that I work for the state. You know, this is another hat that I wear, right? Mm-hmm. This is like my second job or something. So, um, this isn't state regulated. It's there's no. I guess consequences for anything that is said it's volu- or happens. it's volunteer at this point. Absolutely. I gotcha. So the, the idea and the concept is, um, you know, again, we're still talking about this 25,000 acre retirement or I'm not even saying that right. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am trying to think if it's 25,000 or 250,000. No, I think,
0: I think it was 25,000 cause yeah. we, we've already retired is it 10 and then we, I think, or we're close and then we, Fifteen more. There's like two year benchmarks it has to get done by.
1: So I don't think we officially have ten, but Deb Daniel is definitely we're, the expert on that.
0: We have to get to ten, I think, by twenty twenty four. Yes. And then we have the other fifteen and we're and we're we're trending towards doing
1: it. Right. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah. And At least
0: if there's misinformation it can come out of me. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> no. And and the benefit, I mean that compact or that agreement. It's, it gets a bad rep, and it really isn't good. I mean, obviously, it's very scary. That's 25% of the area of that South Fork focus zone. Mm-hmm. You know, anything like that, yeah. that's scary. Yep. Um, but the RWCD is doing a lot of things to try to help it make it a little more, more palatable. Instead of having to do your entire circle, you know, you can just reduce the size of your pivot, things like that. And I say this as a non-producer, so to me, that looks like that's more palatable. It may not be. I, I don't know. Um, but I know they're trying to find solutions to it, but... Also, I think one of the biggest successes of that specific stipulation is that in the past, those compacts relied upon actual water flow, actual stream flow at certain Mm -hmm. gauges, and this doesn't do that. This is just straight acres. So there's also a little um, clause there within it that says um, or the equivalent of those acres, which is also one of the things in my little kumbaya cloud that If Master Irrigator can show and support the fact that we maybe didn't retire 25,000 acres, but we retired 19,000 and then were able to encourage or get these 42,000 acres to, you know, conserve 10%. You know, how is that? I would assume that would be helpful in the combat. Very
0: helpful, right. and especially it's, it's showing good faith. People are trying to make a difference. Your conservation's going up. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Now, that's the idea. That's the concept. That's a wish, but I don't have any control over that. Nobody has any control over that other than, you know, each state engineer's office, but that's one of the, um, like I said, wishes on the master irrigator kind of answer. Like, right. if we can collect this data and we can show this cuts back, you know, this is this carrot approach, as opposed Mm -hmm. to the stick approach, as opposed to shutting everybody down, you know, this carrot approach of offering incentives and showing, not just, you know, demanding that you do something, but showing them how to do it,
0: right? And then there's maybe can be a win-win in some capacity. So
1: hopefully, Mm -hmm.
0: gotcha. So has there been out of this, I would assume there's probably strong advocates for it, right? That mm-hmm. have been through the program and they're you're still in touch with them and it's been success stories where they've become more efficient, they're conserving. Yes. And at some point, is that the goal then to like kind of highlight some of those stories? Or? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Um we um we have a couple sorry, <laughs> you oh, two. No so in addition to our regular 2000 dollars stipend, we also offer what we're calling a master master competition. And mm. so, with some of our sponsors, we have you know, like different levels of sponsorship right um our our platinum sponsors i I think they donate like two thousand dollars and they supply lunch. so all that money that we collect from our sponsors it's we're not putting it in our pocket. we are putting it into this master master competition into the program or the yeah. okay the competition so um we originally you know designed this to be a master master competition you apply, and you tell us out of everything that you've learned, what do you want to try? What do you want to do? How do you foresee yourself making changes? And then the pack would pick, you know, a winner, mm-hmm. and we would refund up to $10,000 or, or whatever the sponsors, you know, the money that we had would allow
0: right. Wow. So,
1: as long as you are implementing practices that are conservation oriented or efficiency oriented, we will refund you. You know, show me the receipts, we'll pay you an additional $10,000 to do that. There's, you know, a couple other things we're also going to come out and interview you and Neat. you know and and we want you to join our pack as well to mm-hmm. help continue to develop our program. But, you know, that's just one more way we're trying to put this back into the producer's pocket. So, Yes, we from our 2020 class, we had three winners, actually. We, oh, wow. Instead of $10,000, though, we split up the prize. But That's um, very cool. We still, yeah, we had three winners, and we have interviews and cool YouTube clips and different things that we have of them essentially testifying to what they've done and what they've learned. And one of my favorite quotes from them is from, um, <laughs> goodness, Kyle Newton is his name, and he's from, I believe, the Yuma area. And he says, you know, he learned more within the first session um, of Colorado Master Irrigator than he's learned in five years of farming. So wow. it's just little things like that. Because, you know, yeah. we all become so complacent, you know, yeah. like you jump into something and you you just become complacent. You forget to tell somebody why you do something or some of the other options, like this is just the way it's done. And so sometimes if you come into like a new thing and you just learn different ways of doing it, it's a it's a great thing. Something as simple as well maintenance, you know, just... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think to a lot of people in in multiple industries, change can be scary. And a lot of times you think change and you're like, "Okay, this is what's how hard is this going to be? What's what are all the downsides? You don't think of all the positives. Mm -hmm. So it's really good to hear actual testimonials Mm -hmm. from positive experiences and outcomes where they can highlight that it, it wasn't a painful process. And to hear that, I mean, that's. That's impressive, like one day versus five years. And maybe not even complacency, too, as much as you get into a a rhythm. Habit. And Mm -hmm. and this is what you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then you're bombarded with all these other things. Oh, you can do this and save this. And so when you get true innovation, sometimes it's easy to not believe it. Right. But then when you're hearing somebody talk through it, so are those clips and everything, are they easily accessible right now? Or is that, uh, is that down the road, too, that you're thinking of getting that? Or
1: No, they're on our website. Okay. We do have a website. Um, it's www.comasterirrigator.org. Okay, so it's beautiful. Abbreviated Colorado. But it's um, not updated currently. I think it still is promoting our 2022 program. But, yes, those videos are up there. We've also got some great videos from some of our partners with the ag um department of colorado department of ag employees that have worked with us this year to talk about some free energy audits you can have you can do and some grants through aggie because okay. that's another part of master irrigators trying to find how to get these opportunities and these things that aren't very well known yeah out to
0: our producers so that how, how do you think people find out about that stuff now like through the fsa i mean I think like through local organizations and
1: yeah, so NRCS, you know in FSA they tend to have a lot of things our um, our extension agents, our CSU extension agents are always fantastic um, but I think sometimes they just get lost in the you know in life in the flow of things uh, to the gentleman sam anderson and and will Manis from the Department of AG. Um, they both have said that they have come out multiple times to Burlington actually, and have had, had meetings. And they said, we've offered steak dinners and we get one person there. So this was our attempt to try to help, you know, maybe fill those seats and help get that information out there. So um, we, not that we can necessarily fill the seats either, but we did invite them. They did present their programs at our 2022 program. And I know we got a lot of interest for them in their programs because it's free money. I mean, well, it's not money. It's it's free, you know, audits. It's free things to help you find what you can do to save money on your farm
0: and yeah. conserve at the same time and yes be a part of the whole solution, I suppose.
1: Absolutely. Cuz I say conserve a lot, but it it's so much more than that. It's it's so much like simple tips and things that you can do like re-nozzling your pivots and things like that that um it's more water efficiency than it is conservation, but in mm. the end, it saves water. Because
0: you're being more efficient. Right. Gotcha.
1: So they all work together. One of my favorite topics is, and it's a topic of discussion, it isn't anybody presenting, but it's us asking the, the participants, you know, is water efficiency the same as conservation? You know, is it the same? Are they different? Hmm. Do they, you, you know, like, so it's a good conversation to have.
0: Because, yeah, I mean, they are different, but I mean, you're reaching the same goal. Right. I would think they're right. somewhat interdependent. Right.
1: Yeah. So then the question becomes, so if you conserve, are you efficient? And if you're efficient, are you conserving? You know, there's just, yeah. you know, there's so many there's different... probably
0: nuances in there too. Right. I bet you get a lot of interesting feedback when oh, you yeah. ask that question. Well,
1: it's really funny. It's, it's really funny. And, um, some of our local participants this year can attest to this, but so on, in the four day session, you know, day one is, is quite, it's very quiet, you know, everybody is just getting into the swing of things. I'm telling really lame jokes, you know, like just trying <laughs> to get people to, you know, kind of interact. To loosen up, icebreaker yeah. stuff. Right? By session four, it's just this free for all. I mean, everybody's talking at th- and that's our goal. You oh, know? that's
0: good. When it, you get to that point and it's dynamic and everyone's, yeah, that's where you want to be
1: asking questions and you're feeding off of everybody i mean it's it's great and it's intense
0: so the the four days are they like um and you might have already answered this but i'm just coming back so i know it's not they're not consecutive in one week but is it like uh every other week or once a month or how it, so you don't lose the cadence and like all that information
1: yeah it, it we try to do it once a week um like this year we had to We didn't have to, but we chose to go around the no-till conference.
0: Okay. Um, So it was here in Burlington then? Okay.
1: It was here in Burlington this year. And actually our last day, our final session, we did a field trip. (laughs) We went to one of our sponsors' places and, you know, showed – he dug down into some of the roots to try to demonstrate some of the things, you know, that he had been talking about. And I thought it was fun. You know, again, in Texas – So their program is actually a part of their groundwater management district, and so they have a full office, and they had a producer donate, like, so many acres that they could essentially test everything that they're teaching. like their own laboratory right there. Right, and so they go out to the pivots, and they show different things, and so, you know, we were like, let's try to figure out how we can do that without... Brandy trying to run a farm because Brandy can't run a farm, right. you know. Like I, that is. You weird. already have like three jobs. You could do another one. You know, it's just, fine. just throw it out there. No yeah. worries. Yeah, yeah. That
0: might that would be tough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, this this was a new thing, and I think it was great. I mean, it worked out really well. I thought so.
0: Can you say what sponsor that was? I'm just kidding.
1: That was Chad Godsey with okay. Godsey Ag or gotcha. Godsey Precision Ag. Okay. Um. So he's up in Eckley.
0: Okay. Yeah, I know where Eckley is. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. It
1: was. It was really neat. And um, Chad is also a member of our project advisory committee. He's been on from the beginning, so it, it's I when I say it's across the basin, it really is. Yeah. I mean, we've got people from all over that are helping, and it's it's wonderful when we can all get together. COVID.
0: It's making it <laughs> a lot better now, huh?
1: Well, COVID is hard. You know, we had yeah. to do a bunch of Zoom meetings, and all, at yeah, first, you know, it's you, not the same. It's not. You yeah. just don't get to interact. You don't get to hear those personalities, and you just,
0: yeah. So you guys didn't take a year off, but you had to do everything Zoom then and try and make the program.
1: We chose to take a year off. We that were was gonna. Smart. We were gonna try to do it through Zoom, but I, I mean, you got to know your audience, right? How many producers want to sit in front of a computer? They've got stuff to do in the field. That was
0: really smart. They
1: can't prioritize that. This year, we did offer the option. So if you needed to stay home, like if you had COVID or if you were sick or whatever, we did have a Zoom link that you could join. Mm-hmm. But anybody that did that can testify that they just missed out on so much.
0: You know, it's just not the same. Technology not person. quite working. Sure.
1: You know, because we don't we didn't have it like true setups, right? Like right. that's something. Now that our program is growing, which um, we can talk about that later if you want to. But now that our program is growing, and you know we're getting a little bit more funding, we can look into those technology upgrades and be able sure. to offer a bit more. But the whole idea of the program is to remain this mom and pop, you know, really tiny get what you came for kind of type thing. We don't want to make it too. No, I (laughs) think you
0: keep it small with the cohorts, the size you have, and it's kind of an in-person thing. It is. I get, I get if maybe one of the sessions you couldn't make, and it'd be nice to have it online. But outside of that, I, you're going to get there and you're going to meet other people that you might know might not, but you're going to share best practices and start building those relationships. Other things come out of that too. Mm -hmm. So that's really neat.
1: It is. It is really neat. And it's brought me outside of my box a lot. Um, a little tidbit about me. So I grew up in Shinewell, Wells, so I've always been outspoken and I've always been very stubborn and that's, that's just who I am. Right. But being up here, you know, I was a little bit, I, I've, I've lived here for 20 years, so it's not like I haven't been for a long right. time. But, you know, I, I never really come out of my shell all that much and I just kind of, you know, stick to doing the kids stuff and I, yeah, do that kind of type of thing. But this has really made me get outside of my box a little bit and be a little bit more networky and a little more. You um, have to be
0: to let people know about the program. And it sounds like it was your path. You know, I, think I mean, so. cause you went down this path and yeah. started the master irrigator program and then you're letting everyone know about it. And
1: yeah, I feel like it was, yeah, destiny, whatever God's plan. You know, I don't. Absolutely. I don't know if I can say that, but of course yeah. you can. Okay, yeah, because yeah, that's what I feel. I mean, certain the way, the way the stars aligned. You know, God's plan. It, it worked out right back. I mean, right down to, um, you know, when I moved from the groundwater management district to the state. Um, at, when I was at the groundwater management district, I didn't have any health benefits, just because again, it's a part-time job, and right. that I didn't need it. My husband had it. You know, it was it was fine and i went to work for the state and within 3 months i was diagnosed with breast cancer and so that i mean how can you say other than that is totally god's plan right no, there was I a mean, plan like that yeah. that's just part of it and how it all just everybody that i made connections with through the pack and they were able to continue building up this program while i was going through chemotherapy and stuff i mean everybody stepped in and they were able to just take it over and it just yeah it, well and and
0: just to tell you it's like inspiring because now i I mean, I had heard about it, but I get how now it's finally about to like blossom. Mm-hmm. You know, like you want it to flourish because not only were you fighting cancer at the beginning of this, but then COVID like in the same time. Mm-hmm it's like all these obstacles are coming up against the program and now it's going to finally be able to spread.
1: Yeah. So I can see
0: how excited you are now to get the word out there. Oh yeah.
1: I am so excited. It's my baby. I mean, I I just, I really can't um, say it any other way. Like I say, you joke around, I'm stubborn. I'm a control freak. You know, like I, I have a hard time uh, not being involved in it, but spreading is exactly what we're doing. Um, This year there was a program that opened up in San Luis Valley Okay. It was so exciting. There was so much momentum. They were able to have two classes. They filled. They had fifty people. And this was master up. irrigator. It was so they master irrigator.
0: So did you do that program down there then, or is it somebody else helping? Or?
1: I did not physically go down and do it. I helped their coordinators coordinate it. So awesome.
0: I, so like, they reached out to you or mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, we see what you're doing up there. We want to do it down here."
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, in during COVID and stuff, uh, you know, we we. I would attend a couple different, um, there was a, another Ogallala summit similar to the one in 2018 that I attended. This one was virtual, but I attended it and spoke to our program, how it grew from the Texas program. Cause it was one of essentially the summit's successes because, because of our attendance, because of their summit, that's how our master irrigator was born. Right. Right. <clears throat> so I attended that and Greg Peterson from Kawa. And again, I'm not going to be able to tell you what the, oh, that's okay. Um, I think it's like, Water Association, but um, Colorado Agriculture Water Association, I believe is what it is.
0: Okay. But
1: he reached out and I'd spoken with Greg a couple of times. They had a meeting down here in Burlington and he knew of the Texas program as well. And he reached out to me and was like, hey, I want to help get this started down in the Alamosa, you know, in the Rio Grande Basin. And
0: Yeah, that's sweet absolutely. area too. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask where. So Alamosa is where they're from.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the Rio Grande Basin and um, San Luis Valley and Marissa Fricky from sub district number one I believe is the conservation district that she works for she took on the coordinator role alongside with Greg Peterson and they did a phenomenal job I mean I gave them you know very basic outlines gave them access to my google drive that has everything and they 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 were able to you know ran with it yeah they got their pack together and you know a couple times I joined their meetings virtually and just you know kind of spoke to different things to make sure we kept with continuity and things like that but no they they Took off with it and did an amazing job,
0: and that was just in twenty twenty one. Then
1: twenty twenty two, just this last um, March and okay. February, February. So just March. very
0: recent in the last couple of months, and mm-hmm. so they had two mm-hmm. classes that uh, everyone that signed up. Mm-hmm. Wow,
1: yeah, they had enough. moment and because and the question was, do we allow that? You know, because we we've only our grant was only allowing for twenty five participants per year, and mm-hmm. but the question was. You don't let that momentum go. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you have to allow it. Yeah, if they're excited, let's go for it. And so their program is, it's a cookie-cutter version of ours, not to take away from their program. That didn't really quite sound right. No, but I know
0: what you mean. It's it's following your blueprint.
1: Right, Right. it is Colorado Master Irrigator. It's the same thing. There are a couple of differences as far as, like, they didn't have a master-master competition, but... um,
0: They probably will. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
1: you know. And then I've also had a... um, an extension agent reach out for me from the four corners area who also, they also want to start a master irrigator program. So that is something that I'll be scheduling to start, you know, helping with that too. So we are literally growing and where,
0: and then where are they hearing about this? Where, how do you think it's spreading?
1: Just the more we get our word out, um, you know, the more programs that happen, the more summits and meetings and things that we attend. Um, We do give updates at our South South fork, (laughs) <laughs> one of the- Basin Roundtable, gotcha. <laughs> the, who was also one of our initial grant um, funders, you know, so just word So they word of hear mouth. this
0: and like, oh, I, w- I want to check that out. And...
1: Yeah, and, you know, RWCD is a huge yeah. advocate for Master Irrigator, and they, and they talk about it, and places that they go, Deb will tell people about it. You know, um, when we first applied for these grants, it was really quite interesting at the South Fork Basin Roundtable because some of the people on that board were like, hey, can we join? And it was like, no, sorry, this is just Republican River Basin participants. Oh. You know, like this is just for us. I'm sorry. But eventually, you know, we can build a ba- or a program out there too if they're interested. It was...
0: How cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's hard to really dive into what it is. You know, it, it's hard to explain, even in an hour as much as I bumble, but it really is hard to just show you all the pieces and parts and what makes it work.
0: Well, I mean, this, this is our first podcast, but we can have another one. I mean, <laughs> we, we can do another one down the road where we're talking about some of those case studies, right? Mm-hmm. Or somebody who, if, if we want to find one of the producers that wants mm-hmm. to come in and go, hey, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. I went through the program. Here are my results. I'd love to do that. Yeah, I, I have. Mean, you know, so if you have somebody in mind down the road.
1: I do. I, I do. I have someone in mind. Um, I'll definitely have to ask him first, but he was probably um, not real convinced when he signed up. But yeah. by the end of it, I think he's going to be a big advocate for our program. So. Well, and I guess
0: at the beginning, do you get people? So okay, so when when this last one, the last session started, right? When was that for uh, the no till? Is that in the last couple months for the this one local?
1: Yeah. So our 2022 session um, was the end of January and very beginning of. February. Yeah.
0: It's all messed up because of COVID too, because we did the no-till in the summer for the first time last year. Mm. And that's got me all messed up. And <laughs> so, and even like our city municipal league conferences we have, we have another one up, coming up right now and that's way sooner than it should be. So yeah, I'm, I'm all discombobulated. But so you had that and then how many were you trying to get signed up for that one? 20, 25. 25. And you got 23, it sounds like, right? We had
1: 23 um, signups and we ended up with 22 graduates.
0: Gotcha. And so now they're all in the program right now. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, well, they've completed the program. They've so they graduated. already did it. Mm-hmm. It's the, the four
0: week session. And so they're graduated. They have their certificate. Now they're ready to put it to use.
1: Right. Right. And so uh-huh. I'll start annoying them here pretty quick. You know, just kind of a quick check in. Hey, here's a reminder of some of your incentives that you can take advantage of. These discounts that were offered by these businesses. Um, our master master competition winners will be able to. I mean, they could have that next day started, you know, working with whatever they wanted to implement and send me the invoices and I'll reimburse them. And um, and actually, we have a couple uh, participants that are also participating in what's called the TAPS program. It's out of the University of Nebraska. Hmm. Um, it's a really cool program. It's similar in concept to Master Irrigator, but it's actually putting your ideas into practice. So they have like a test plot over at the university uh. and they they gather teams and... You make decisions, they put it into action, and at the end of the you know the season, you find out where you were against your competitors. I mean, it's oh, it's a way to so test
0: test it out, get a little competition, and see what works.
1: Yeah, and so um, two of our graduates are representing Colorado Master Irrigator in this TAPS program. It's a free program, and it's really cool. Again, you just learn more and different things. One of the different I think there's a group, I know there's a group of some of our um, Colorado Master Irrigated Pack members and CSU and different things that are trying to develop a TAPS program for Colorado,
0: mm-hmm. you know, to That'd make it cool. a little bit easier
1: because, yeah. you know, everything's different than the other states as far as the sure. soils and stuff. Now, mind you, our soils and stuff differ across the basin, but
0: anyway. Yeah, but at least it's in Colorado and you could get, yeah, mm-hmm. you could get different groups to come up and share and compete.
1: Yeah. It's fun. It's all really... And it's more just for bragging rights, you know, more than oh, anything yeah. else. But still, it's really cool to know that... Very cool. You know, you were able to go up against these other, you know, graduates or whatever. and.
0: Yeah, but anytime you have a conference like that or a competition, people are coming and they're sharing other stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like contacts, networking, best practices. So I that would be impressive. Mm-hmm. be well worth it.
1: You learn a lot.
0: Yeah. So... Any any other things that you want to cover about the program that we haven't touched on about the master irrigator that you think that would be good to get out there in the public right now?
1: Um, you know, in my unorganized brain right now, the only thing that I can really think of is that, you know, we will be starting sign-ups again for our 2023 program. Cool. It'll be again in the early or early spring, late winter, so probably January, February, or March. We don't have exact dates yet, so you know, keep an eye on our website or Facebook page or Twitter feed or something, and you know we'll, we'll post those for those registrations. Um, but also, we're going to be looking here before our next program into doing some kind of smaller, um, quick kind of mini sessions just to go over some basic things like permits, you know, state permits, how to navigate them, things that you might need to change, things that you might want to look up. These are some of the things that came up in our last programs, you know, that just some generic permitting questions. So you know we're going to try to put something together for that as well as just like a well maintenance 101 kind of type class having some of our local um
0: That's a good idea.
1: Businesses come in and say you know if you do this this is going to help you do this and it's going to save you in the long run. So you know we'll be putting those together hopefully soon <laughs> before yeah. the next program but
0: Well and it seems like and I could be wrong, but from hearing your passion on this and Master Irrigator, that's you're trying to make the website like a one-stop almost for a lot of these topics, mm-hmm. right? As it pertains to conservation, efficiency, best practices, mm-hmm. and then have people start to hear that brand as it builds up. And you go, okay, I have a question. What would I do here? And I go mm-hmm. to that website or reach out to you guys. Is that kind of what you're trying to hope that it grows into then?
1: That's what we'd like to build it to. We, we need somebody in IT that can help us with that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just trying to build
0: the brand up huh? yes. and get it out there and keep spreading the message.
1: Right, right. Because that is, I, I thought that might, I mean, that's not the only place, but other than just calling my phone directly, which people are welcome to do if they need to. But, you know, the website does hold a lot of the just basic information and registration information and what's coming and that type of thing.
0: And I would assume that you get feedback from the state that's overwhelmingly positive, right?
1: Yes, um, unofficial. Mm-hmm.
0: Unofficial. Well, okay, so unofficially. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I just, I, I would think some people are seeing the program and what came out of Texas and they probably knew, and you're like, all right. Because right. to me, this is a, just, it's a much different way than somebody telling you, hey, retire those,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? You got to retire that. We're going to do it. It's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. There's consequences where you have potler who came in here and you just have people that are trying to reach out and go, hey, let's make the best of this. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's get it retired. Let's work together. Let's find ways to be efficient. It sounds like that's kind of what's going on.
1: It is. It is. And in some cases, it's also saying you need to look at your overall picture. Is it time to retire because of the benefits that are out there for you right now? Because let's face it, some of our wells are pumping next to nothing and it costs more to operate them than it does you know, the actual benefits of using them. And, and so I hope Master Irrigator doesn't just put the message out there, um, don't retire, because sometimes that's the best option, too. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's more to introduce you to all of the options that are out there for you. You know, what can you do to make your operation more successful but also be beneficial to water? Because, you know, this problem that we're facing right now isn't just right now it's not going away. No, it's we're not, not going, going to away. be able to magically, you know, fix our water problem. But if we can figure out more sustainability, that would be ideal, right? We want right. to continue to irrigate. We want to continue to have our farmers. We want to continue to have a town, you know? We do. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> I do know. All yeah, of that I plays agree. together.
0: So. No, it does. And it's in. Uh, it's a topic that's going to be, even though we're bubbling it up here and you guys are focused on it all the time, but it's going to keep coming up to, this, to a heightened awareness, mm-hmm. I think, on a different level mm-hmm. as we get closer to where we're running out of water. And mm-hmm. the drought is just horrible. It's so. awful. It is awful. But, yeah, so let's, let's share the website one more time just so people, anyone listening, and we'll put this on um, all of our posts when we have the podcast live. But where can they go to learn more information?
1: So it's www.comasterirrigator.org. Okay. And we also have Facebook um, a Facebook page, I think it's just Colorado Master Irrigator. And a Twitter feed, also at Colorado, or CO Master Irrigator.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. It's a really, it's a great story, and it's a great project and a great business that you've built. Thank you. So, I, and I'd love to have you back. When we get, <laughs> If we could get a producer, that would be awesome. I'd love to share stories yeah. about their learnings, the good, the bad, and then just, you know, keep on keeping the awareness out there. Absolutely.
1: I, I'd be happy to ask a producer to come and I can sit here and just, you know, poke them when they start saying bad things about me, but absolutely. You'll have
0: your edit button right there. Right. Troy, we're editing that out.
1: Nope. None of that. And it's pretty <laughs>
0: painless, right? It goes fast. so It
1: does. It okay. Does.
0: Well, thanks a lot, Brandy. Yep. Thank okay. you. You bet.
1: Great work. Thank you. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would
0: be. That was almost an hour. Was it really? Yeah, it was an hour. Good nice. job. Thanks. Yeah, that was great. That yeah, was that easy. That is such a cool project. Well, it's cool when I hear about something like this, you know? Somebody's passionate like you are. Wow. Well, and then, wow, you've done all that in the last two years. Well, I mean, you've dealt with it. The three, last two years is what I mean.
1: Three, yeah. I mean, like it's it, I didn't do it alone though. You know, no, like I, know. I had trying like a to lot of help. something
0: between and everything else it's a really cool story yeah and i know how hard it's been the last two years for businesses and then to launch the program because i was trying to do that with our other our sister company iot Mm -hmm. i had plans for that now we have our office in goodland but like so much we forget like how two years ago we weren't even sure what was going to happen like in march and april and stuff everything shut down we don't Right, and now, with you know money, economical
1: issues, you know recession type stuff, it, yep. it's not getting any better. it's still definitely very questionable, but but yeah. <coughs>